the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. I thought I would want to begin this message with some history on the origin of the Thanksgiving holiday in America. Now, we were taught this in elementary school when I was growing up, but nowadays it's taught, if it's taught at all, its true purpose and emphasis is obscured in the name of multicultural sensitivity and in order to edit out the Christian foundation that this country was built on. I've also used some excerpts from a sermon that was preached 40 years ago, so you can tell how often this is taught. On the fifth day of April in the year of 1621, after enduring an extremely harsh winter in January and February of that year, one half of all of the 102 pilgrims who had come over on the Mayflower had died. They were buried on Coles Hill overlooking Plymouth Harbor. And to hide how few of their little colony remained alive, they buried their dead in a cornfield and leveled it with the ground. On the fifth day of April, what was left of that little company were 21 men and six boys who were old enough to work. With them, there remained a little handful of women and children as they Stood on the shore, they watched the Mayflower sail off into the horizon. The ship that had brought them to this new land was headed back to England, and not a one of them volunteered to go back. They stood there watching as that ship sunk into the horizon, and these pilgrims did not waver in their faith. They were people of faith. And when they came to this shore... To this new world, they came to establish a new social order in the name of Christ. They carried with them, believe it or not, a King James version of the Bible that had been published just nine years previous. They built their homes first, and they centered those homes around their faith and the Word of God. They built their little church where they worshipped their God and heard His Word preached. A little schoolhouse was built, and the text of that schoolhouse was that same Bible. So the children were raised and educated in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. 
In the fall of 1621, William Bradford, the elected governor of that colony, proclaimed a Thanksgiving Day to thank God for the harvest. For three days in November, the pilgrims of that little Plymouth colony celebrated Thanksgiving to God for the food that the Lord had provided. And that Thanksgiving was the beginning of a great spiritual commitment that America made. William Bradford, the governor, had a precedent in the Bible for what he did. In the Old Testament, you will find that there is one feast that is unique among all others. It's called a peace offering. You'll find that in Leviticus chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. We would call it a thanksgiving offering. The Israelites came before the Lord with an offering of gratitude and thanksgiving for what God had done for them. And they ate the sacrifice on the grounds of the tabernacle. They ate it with family and with friends and with the priest, the officiating minister. This is the only such feast in the Levitical offerings. It's a thanksgiving offering called a peace offering. And it brought them together. It brought together the families of Israel who were praising God for his goodness. When you read through the Pentateuch, you will find a season of the Israeli year called the Feast of Tabernacles. Leviticus 23, verses 33 through 44, and Deuteronomy 16, verses 13 through 17. That was in the fall. And it was also a Thanksgiving week in which they sat in booths and praised God for the ingathering, remembering the providential guidance of the Lord through the wilderness when they came out of slavery in Egypt. Also in the New Testament, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, the apostle wrote, In everything give thanks to God. In Philippians 4.6, the apostle wrote, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. After the Revolutionary War, the Continental Congress, by action of both houses of Congress in 1789, voted to ask the President of the United States to proclaim a National Day of Thanksgiving. That President was George Washington, and this is the first Thanksgiving proclamation. Where it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for his benefits and humbly to implore his protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress have, by their joint committees, requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer. Therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th of November next, to be devoted by these people of these states to this service to the service of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of the good that was, that is, or that will be, that we may then unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection of the people of this country given under my hand at City of New York, then capital of the nation, the third day of October 1789, signed George Washington. And after the terrible days of the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln made the day a national holiday to be observed by our people through all generations to come. America is the only nation in the world that has such a holiday. 
It is uniquely Christian. It reflects the foundations upon which our republic was made. We live in this day and in this generation with no less cause for gratitude and thanksgiving to our Lord. Now, you don't hear that taught much anymore. I can remember hearing much, if not all, of this in elementary school. I can remember the plays we used to have, and we prayed. But you see, this nation has forgotten who they are or who they were founded on. This week, we celebrate Thanksgiving. And for us Christians, it should be a time of worship. I often hear people talk about how blessed and grateful they are, but they're usually talking about the material things they possess or have received. The truth of thanksgiving for the child of God has nothing to do with what we possess. Rather, who possesses us? That's the truth of thanksgiving. For many Christians, the truth of thanksgiving has become worldly and temporal. It's been become more about gluttony and football than anything else. The world gives thanks for the things of this world. The Christian gives thanks to God so that we should be able to give thanks in all things. Thanks to God, we should be able to give thanks in all things. For us, this is a spiritual exercise that draws us from the temporal and the external to the eternal. We are not to be enamored with the pleasures and comforts of this world. We give thanks in all things by recognizing their purpose. And the purpose of all things is for us to know him. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, I mentioned it earlier. Thank God in everything. No matter what the circumstances may be, be thankful and give thanks. For this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus, the revealer and mediator of that will. Now, that's a command for Christians. In Thessalonians, Paul is addressing believers who are very new in the faith. And they're actually facing persecution. And also, this, this church had very little instruction on how to live the Christian life. And so Paul in 1 Thessalonians is giving a foundation, foundational principles of living the Christian life. And we see that ongoing thanksgiving is a central part of living in the truth. The Thessalonians might have asked, how can we have joy in the face of hate and persecution? How can we have hope in the midst of suffering and loss? And Paul would be the one to ask because he'd been through so much. And his answer would be, in everything, be thankful. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, Paul speaks to his circumstances. And as I've pointed out before, you need to notice that after the but comes the truth, the declaration of Paul's faith, and the foundation for praise and thanksgiving. He writes, we are hedged in, pressed on every side, troubled and oppressed in every way, but not cramped or crushed. <laughs> I like that. You know, the, the Greek picture is that it's actually a picture of an old Roman torture where they would put a board on top of somebody and they would just begin to stack rocks on it until it absolutely crushed him. And what he's saying is, 
no matter what they put on us, we're not even cramped. (laughs) We're not even cramped. And we're certainly not crushed. You know why? Because this body is not our life. We suffer embarrassments and are perplexed and unable to find a way out. But not driven to despair. Not driven to despair. We are pushed, persecuted, and hard driven, but not deserted to stand alone. That's powerful. People think that when they're persecuted, when they're pushed, when they're driven, when their circumstances are overwhelming them, that somehow they're standing alone and they become hopeless. But that's only because they blinded themselves to the truth. They've been caught up in externals. We don't ever stand alone. And we don't ever stand at the hands of fate. We're not supported by men. We're not supported by flesh. We are literally attached to the vine. And we are not diminished by circumstance. If we, the people of faith, cannot embrace this and walk in it and know it, we are doomed to be defeated. Even while we are living with the God of all creation within us and awaiting the glory of his throne. What a sad picture. We are pursued, persecuted, hard driven, but not deserted to stand alone. We are struck down to the ground, but never struck out and destroyed. Never struck out and destroyed. Paul affirms the truth after acknowledging their condition. He sees what he endures as a testimony to the grace and mercy of God so that all may see the glory of God and give thanks. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15, Paul writes, For all these things are taken place for your sake, so that the more grace, divine favor, and spiritual blessing extends to more and more people and multiplies through the many the more thanksgiving may increase and redound to the glory of God. The increase of thanksgiving, it increases by faith. Situations that provoke faith, that's where thanksgiving is increased. It's not increased in plenty. It's not increased in good times. It's increased when the hardship comes, when the pressure comes, and we are not crushed. It's increased when we see the supernatural hand of God holding us in place. It's increased when we we know the frailty of the body, but we see the unending strength of our God. That's when thanksgiving is increased. Paul says... This is the will of God for you. In other words, this is a necessary practice for Christians. Thanksgiving brings the truth to the forefront. It is the confession of faith. The practice of thanksgiving forces us to look to him in all things. To view life from the perspective of God's sovereignty and his love. To set aside personal judgments and to embrace the will of God with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is also an act of submission to the will of God, recognizing that your life is in his hands and you are living in his plan and purpose. And here's the thing, guys. It's his plan. It's his plan. 
Yes, even the bumps and the rocks and the cactus and everything else that's in it, it is is planned. Now, you're going to make choices. And I talked about this in Bible study. You're going to make choices. You're going to turn right when you should have turned left. You're going to go on where the bridge is out rather than going around. You're going to do things that are just plain stupid even by your judgment. You're going to make those kinds of mistakes. And listen, that is the path that you have chosen for yourself. Absolutely. But God in His sovereignty, He steps out of time. He looks down that path to His child and He says, I will anoint every step for their good. I will empower every step for my grace to be shown, for my strength to be shown. We don't live by fate. That's F-A-T-E. We live by faith. F-A-I-T-H. The truth is that when we live by faith, we are reckoning upon the blessing of God no matter what we're going through. Well, I just discovered that I'm dying. And I'm blessed. Well, how's that work? Because it's only the body that's leaving. That's dying. I'm leaving. We know thanksgiving by faith. It's a supernatural act. It's not something that we accumulate and put together because of our circumstances. The practice of thanksgiving forces us to look to him in all things. Often we complain about our circumstances. We've all done it. But it is a statement of unbelief. And I'm not saying that we all we like or enjoy all that God allows in our lives. I just said the path is full of all kinds of things. But again, we are to give thanks in everything as a recognition of our God and our trust and faith in him. The lost can only see themselves in the circumstance. Paul addresses their condition in Romans 1, 21. And he says, because when they knew and recognized him as God, they did not honor and glorify him as God or give him thanks. But instead, here's the alternative. But instead, they became futile and godless in their thinking with vain imaginings, foolish reasoning and stupid speculations and their senseless minds were darkened. When you choose not to be grateful, not to be thankful, not to see God in your situation, you have chosen to be senseless, darkened of mind, futile in your thinking. If I'm thinking it's all up to me, how futile is that thought? Very If I'm thinking that I am the captain of my own destiny, how futile is that thought? The godless think that. They think this way because they have rejected God. Now, what does that say about the Christian that decides to think that way? In his carnality, he refuses to see the truth. In speaking of the lost, Paul points out that they did not give God thanks. That is sin. It is indicative of their condition. If they acknowledged God in truth, then their response would be thanksgiving. But because of their pride, there is no thanksgiving. It doesn't say that the lost were not grateful for the things they enjoy. It says they refused to acknowledge God or give him thanks. As a result, 
They lost the ability to see anything but themselves. And I see that a lot of times, even in Christian lives. They can give thanks when everything works out as they haven't had anticipated or wanted it to work out. And they will make commentary to this to this effect. But Thanksgiving has nothing to do with circumstances. Do you understand that? Even the founding fathers lived in an economy, which you understood in what I read to you, which they believed that God gave everything and we were responsible for thanking him that he gave everything. But you don't hear them say, thank you, Lord, for this abundance. And by the way, thank you that we didn't have another year like last year. And I appreciate it if we don't have another one after that. The Thanksgiving wasn't predicated on God's blessing. It was predicated on God being God. We never have a place where we cannot be grateful because we carry within us the life of God's greatest gift. His blessing that even the angels who stand in the presence of Almighty God marvel at. We carry it within us eternally, not just for this life. We live this life by faith, and by faith we recognize that what we carry within us is the blessing of God, is the favor of God, is the love of God, is the goodness of God. It is the whole of God, and it has been placed not just next to you, not within reach, but literally united in union with you. Do we ever have a reason not to be thankful? When you are insensitive to God, your capacity to enjoy what you have becomes very limited. You miss his purpose in everything you experience. For all things have their purpose in Christ for you. You're in this life and the ups and downs of this life and the path of this life to know him. If you're not knowing him, then you have totally missed your purpose in being here. That you might expand into who he created you to be. That you might live to the fullness of your created being. To all that he wants for you. Do you realize that that is his blessing? And we gripe about what provokes our faith in this life. Thanksgiving is recognizing God as God. All that God counts as good and of eternal worth because we have The gift of his son. When we withhold thanks, it is out of pride and arrogance, refusing to look upon his goodness and reckon upon his great love. Thanksgiving is the light and life to the soul. To refuse it and to make it your practice to refuse it is to darken your soul. To practice it is to fill your soul with truth. Not to practice it is to fill your soul with bitterness and selfishness. It is the selfish that refuse to be thankful. You can become man-centered and lose sight of God when you are selfish. When you refuse to give thanks, it is because you have made your desires or needs your focus. That is an invitation to fear and anxiety and worry when we do that. And you know, I see people and I know people and I've counseled people that are completely overwhelmed by their circumstances, and they are literally, their souls are filled to capacity with anxiety, fear, and worry. 
What if this doesn't work out? What if that doesn't work out? What if I don't get this? What if I don't get that? What if they leave me? What if they come back? Well, all of these questions. What if, what if, what if? Shoulda, woulda, coulda. All of these things. And what are they based in? I would love to say and have said on an occasion, you know what the problem is? Do you know what the problem is? The problem is that you are God. That's the problem. You haven't yielded yourself to the truth of who God is. Paul writes in Philippians 4 verses 6 and 7. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything. By prayer and petition. Definite request with thanksgiving continue to make your wants known excuse me with thanksgiving continue to make your wants known so we're supposed to be thankful before we receive is that what that's saying now if you're thankful before you receive are you thankful for what you think you'll receive are you thankful for the god who knows what to give that's the question and god's peace shall be yours that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God, and being content with its earthly lot, whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to his life in every situation. Rest in his life moment by moment and receive from his life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.